0: to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, Jazdeep shares his winding path from Argentina around the globe for work and school. Listen to why he attended undergrad in the US and then why he went to the UK for a master's. How he ended up taking his time to make sure he got a high GMAT score to attend the top business school in Europe and how he ended up back in Argentina working at a private equity fund. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining the Wall Street Oasis podcast, Jazeep. Thank you very much, Patrick, for having me. Now, it would be great if you could just give the listeners a short summary of your background.
1: Sure. So uh, I did, uh, I'm from Argentina, Buenos Aires. I went to my undergrad in the US. I completed my degree in three years out of four years, played B1 soccer and studied business administration. After my graduation, I went and pursued a master's in business from the UK to get international exposure as well as um, a, a superior degree in terms of masters. And then I started work. I came back to Buenos Aires. I worked at BDO uh, for one year. Uh, I knew I needed to study for the GMAT, GMAT, GMAT. So I went back to I went to India where I got a job at, at, working in a commercial bank in, in the fig division. Investment Banking Division. I worked there for six years. Completed my GMAT. Applied to a bunch of business schools. Got in, and uh, I went to business school in Spain, Madrid. After completing my business school uh, and my MBA, my Master's in Business Administration from uh, Madrid, I went to Buenos Aires and I got a job at a fund, private equity fund. And uh, since I've been currently employed at private equity fund, and I've scaled the fund. Uh, for four years now, since almost
0: incorporation of the funding. Awesome, man. Yeah, so very winding path, very interesting path. I kind of want to start just even before your transition undergrad in the U.S., I'd love to hear just, uh, so you're born in Argentina. Um, Were your parents in finance? Why go to the school in the U.S. of all places? Yes, so I went to an internship. Yeah, so like why not stay? Yeah, why not stay in Argentina and yeah, all that.
1: Yes. So, uh, Argentina, I went to an international American school, uh, which is a privileged private school for um, for ambassadors, for sons of CEOs, for daughters of uh, ambassadors, private sector, public sector, three-year, four-year posting. So, I had the privilege to go there, and everybody, at once they finished their senior year, would uh, have the opportunity to go study in the U.S. or uh, Europe. It would all be based on Europe formation, your credentials, your SAT scores, your TOEFL scores, your uh, your your transcript, your extracurriculars. And um, uh, I really wanted to pursue playing D1 soccer. And so uh, my objective was to target a U.S. school. And uh, I got the opportunity to study in the U.S. I got admitted. Uh, I didn't do so well academically in the first few years of my high school, but I, I got better.
0: Yeah, so you, you did better kind of as you went through your is your your international school is like for high school, you mean to prep. It's like a prep school for getting into, you know, either going to Europe or going to the U.S. in Argentina. Prep school in Argentina. Correct. Yeah. Uh, okay. OK. Well, in high school. And so when you were kind of going through there, you were struggling the first few years. Were you ever thinking like, oh, I like business or I like any of this stuff? I was like, hey, I just want to go play soccer and I'm going to try to get into the best school I can in the U.S
1: uh trying to get to the best school i can in the u.s i wasn't targeting harvard stanford wharton i was targeting more like you know boston university university of miami kind of those kinds of universities
0: and so yeah because you ended up at a uh, what i'd call a non-target school we, we do not have not the name the school but um but you you did get to play d1 soccer right and you were able to finish a four-year curriculum in three years correct correct that's correct so you, you push yourself pretty hard in those three years it sounds like yes was I there a reason myself. why you were you in a rush to finish for some reason
1: oh uh, look I, I wasn't you know i i wanted to escalate my career i gave my my gmat back in the day and you know i got a 320 or 350 i don't remember my score that was my score my, when i was you know 18 19 20 years old and i was like what what is going on? I want to go to a proper school in, in international context, a top ranked school, so that I could uh, you know get a, get an appropriate job and 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 kind of um, get to the best school I could possibly get to. Um,
0: yeah. Got it. So you were you were kind of, you know, trying to get through the schooling so you could go move on to your next next school. Was there somebody like in your life, parents, family, friends, people at that university? counselors that were pointing you in this direction. Cause I'm looking at your path and I'm like, this is very, it is the most probably unique path I've ever seen. in all the hundreds of podcasts I've done, um, in the sense of like diversity of region, diversity of like schools, everything. Right. So I can see there was a heavy emphasis on education and I can see there's a heavy emphasis on international education and like just being global. Right. In terms of like you were in the U.S., then you were in the UK, then you were in India, then you were in Madrid, right? Yes. Uh, and even at one point, I think you had told me you had had a stop in in France. But my point is, like, I want to understand a little bit more about like what was driving you. Were there people in your life saying like this is the path, this is what you should be doing? Was it because your family was? Were they consulates? Were they you know uh, in Argentina representing a country or something like that? Or what was the what was the drive behind that? Desire for, for such a global education.
1: The desire was, you know, global education. Look, I, I, I've kind of since my undergrad, I knew I wanted to get into INSEAD. Uh, so INSEAD was kind of my top target. Uh, a European business school, a ten-month, twelve-month program was was kind of in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that for that, I needed to prep up for the GMAT. I knew that I needed to get the work experience. I needed to, that. I need to be a profile in the top percentiles in terms of uh, formation, distinction, diversity, so on and so forth. And uh, to do that, I knew that I would need a lot of preparation. I would need to, uh, you know, bump up my Excel skills, uh, bump up my my documentation skills uh, and
0: yeah that's great so i mean so you did the the undergrad really fast you got a bachelor's in business administration and then you quickly like jumped into a master's in the uk yes yes so why did you do that if you like in seattle was your dream like wouldn't you think that that was that an mba
1: yeah so that was a master's in business uh i understand that that a master a standard master's does not have the same return on investment that an mba does you go to an mba you get certain return on investment. You go to a standard master's program, you get a certain return on investment. I, I, but I knew that if in the future I wanted to pursue an MBA, I would need to compress my academic formation into a three plus one program kind of thing. You know, graduated a little early, get another geography.
0: Why did you, why did you feel like that? Because, because your scores weren't as high? My scores uh, weren't... The best. uh, Do you mind sharing your GMAT? You said something about a 320. Isn't it out of 800?
1: The the GMAT score is uh, out of 800. It ranges from 200 to 800. I initially started with 360. I can't remember what my score was, but I I was in the upper bounds. I was in the target range for INSEAD, for for European business schools, so on and so forth.
0: So you're probably close to like 650-ish.
1: 650-ish sounds uh, around, yeah.
0: Yeah, because like i think yeah you need to be usually in the 600s to 700 right you can be 500 but if you're in the 500s you need a pretty extraordinary profile otherwise to to be admitted usually um yes and my
1: quant skills were amazing i i, I got uh, i think a 49
0: out of 51 on the quant. Oh, wow wow so yours your verbal that was bringing you down a little bit but the quant was so strong and but that unfortunately the quant on the gmap for people listening even if you have a 49 out of 51, the verbal is the one that can move it more because there's so many, actually, there's so many Indian engineers taking the exam who are excellent at math um, that skew that upwards. So it makes it harder to score, um, the overall grade percentile. Yeah, verbal. So if you get like 90, if you get, for example, if you get 90th percentile on both verbal and math, your overall score will be higher than if you get, um, sorry, if you get, yeah, if you get the same versus like, if you get, uh, a little bit higher verbal, it'll really boost you, boost your overall percentile score. I don't know if you knew that, but anyways, <laughs> kind of an interesting tidbit. So you're, you're going to get like just a general master's of global business analysis at a UK school because you felt like it would just make you more competitive. Do you feel like it did? Do you feel like you learned a lot there or was it more like, hey, you're trying to find yourself, you're young still?
1: No, I think I, I, I learned a lot. I, I definitely focused on school. Uh, I, uh, I were you living in,
0: Lon- in London? Is it in London or where were you living? It in? was in Manchester. Manchester, okay.
1: I was uh, definitely, I got a really good score, uh, almost distinction. So I was not far away. Uh, I, I was class representative. Uh, you know, like I, I, I felt like I excelled substantially at that course. I did very well academically.
0: Okay, so you you're finishing there. You're, it's the global financial crisis is hitting. Yes. <laughs> and so, what are you what are you thinking at this point? Were you applying for jobs during that master's of business? What were you What were you applying for? Where did you strike out? Were you applying like thousands of places? Were you networking to give me give us a little bit of flavor? Like, what was your thought process of like jobs? Because you know, eventually for these MBA programs, usually they like to see at least a couple years of like experience before you actually jump in, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Look. Uh, I was people I was targeting I was applying to BCG I was applying to McKinsey I was applying to consulting I was applying to JP Morgan I was applying to Morgan Stanley I was applying to to Goldman Sachs I was applying to lots of banks. in the UK or anywhere uh usually I'd put geography anywhere but in the UK was was a focus because you see the prime objection of not getting employment not only was my my work experience but was my uh, nationality because you know uh, as an international student inside the UK, if I don't have the appropriate work permit, I'm not allowed to work in, in those kinds of
0: markets. You had to leave basically if you don't get a job, right? Eventually, because otherwise, if right. you're either a student or you're a, you have your visa, right? Your work visa. Student visa. You had your student visa, but then once that's if you don't get a job, you have to leave, right? Eventually. Yes. So that was the goal, like get you wanted to stay in London potentially.
1: my goal wasn't to stay in London. My goal was more uh, to still target that international MBA program that I wanted to uh, create for myself.
0: Okay, so you had undergrad, three years. You did this, was it a one-year program, the Masters of Business? Yes. Okay, one year. So you had kind of your four years right there. And then I assume you were looking for a full-time job, like your first job at a school at that point. Yes, I was. Can you um, tell me about like that whole process and where you ended up and why? Yes, so I had to come back home because I couldn't find a couldn't find a, a job. So I came home, being in Buenos Aires. Aires. Yes. Cool. Okay, so you flew back to Argentina, and what are your parents saying at this point, or your friends?
1: Um, my parents. Uh, I'm kind of taking a one or two months kind of break at home and, and figuring out what I want to do, mm-hmm. and at the same time, you know, my parents are, are kind of pushing to see if I, how I can network
0: myself into a job. Yeah. Were they supportive or were they pushing you hard? Was it like stressful or was it like relaxed?
1: Supportive. supportive.
0: Supportive. That's nice. That's nice. But
1: remember, I had the GMAT. You know, I, four years had completed the formation, but I still in my mind, I had to give that GMAT test. Yeah. So I was going to start work, but I needed to do a good job on the on the, on the the exam or else I wasn't going to make it to an appropriate business school.
0: Yeah. Okay. So is that, is that what you worked on? You started studying for the GMAT? Yes. then? I started studying for the GMAT. Okay. And then when did you take it and like, or were you applying to jobs at the same time? Tell us how you got that first job and what it was.
1: First job is networking. Uh, you know, uh, uh, thanks to a, a partner at BDO uh, was a client of my mother's so family, friends always help. And um, uh, thanks to the network, I was able to uh, get an interview with a corporate finance uh, position. I was kind of the youngest in the, in the corporate finance team, attractive CV. I spoke English very well for Argentina, Standard, and um, I got the job. Um, and I started training up in accounting, in, 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 I mean, in an accounting firm of the corporate finance division.
0: Awesome. So how long were you there?
1: I was there for approximately nine to 12 months before uh, I flew back to uh, uh, to India.
0: You flew to India? Flew to India, correct, yeah. Okay, so like, so you, your home was in Argentina, you flew back from the UK there, you started at BDO, where was that? Where was the BDO? Buenos Aires. In Buenos Aires, so you were there for nine months, but then you said flew back to India, so did you have a house in India too?
1: Sorry, no, uh, My my parents, uh, you know, uh, they're uh, a couple of generations from India. They're from yep. they're, they're, they they hail from there. So I, I went to India to continue building my international profile. Needed to focus on the distinction. You don't know what the admissions committee is going to come up with. Uh, you know. Uh, no, but you so- had,
0: had you had the job at BDO, and you. At that point, did you realize like this is not really what I want to do? Your family had gone back to India, or they were like there temporarily. Was the thought process I want to go be closer to family, or was it more like I want I want more international presence, and that's why you started applying to banks there?
1: It, it was international presence, so diversity profile. However, it was also uh, because you know remember I was a Gmet. I was taking some classes in Argentina. They were great. They were very helpful. It was amazing. However, I knew that India was the, the kind of the, the golden standard for GMAT. You know, uh, maybe I would learn in that context. I would kind of improve my skills set, all my sentence corrections.
0: You, you moved to India for your GMAT score? To improve your GMAT score? As well. Diversity, international experience. But just for your profile, your like business application profile. Yeah, business application profile. Well, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm asking, like, what was in your thought? What was your thought process? Like, were your parents telling you, "Hey, come back to India"? Um, you know, we have a good job here. We know people here. Were you applying online? Were you networking? We just trying to give a sense of like what the decision making was back
1: then. The decision making was, you know, I continue to focus on, on standardization tests and improve my skills set there, and you know, take my time and and get a job, get a get a get a fresh job and. And I got a couple offers as well. As so did India. you move?
0: Did you move to India before you had an offer?
1: Uh, yes, I did. I stayed with my grandparents.
0: Okay, and then when you're there, did you? Um, how did you kind of start doing like your networking? Just um, was it was it like family, close family again, friends from your parents? Was it? Um, was it just LinkedIn? I mean, this was 2010. It was still a pretty rough economy. Were you like using LinkedIn? What what tools were you using, if any? Or was it more just like networking through relationships?
1: Networking through relationships, sending out 250, 300
0: emails a day and LinkedIn. Cool. And then tell me about the hit rate on those. How many like actual interviews did you land from those You know, thousands of emails you sent out? Um, Did you get any like coffee chats from those? Was it like 1% conversion? Was it 5% or any kind Uh, of
1: estimate? I ended up with three offers. Um, All in India, all in Mumbai? Oh, is two in Delhi, one in Mumbai.
0: Okay, cool. And what
1: were they I'd love to hear this. Cool. The Nomura Investment Bank, American Express, the Standard Chartered Bank.
0: Cool. And tell me what how you like decided what the right one was for you.
1: Uh, the the, the compensation package was a prime driver of kind of how I wanted to move the financial city. You know, the fact that Delhi is a capital, but Mumbai is the financial city of the of the of the country. Uh. So kind of look at look at bombay uh for 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 the markets yeah those were the two kind of uh determining factors for i assume
0: the pay was pretty low though since it was in in mumbai even though it's the capital they pay a little bit more i assume it's still compared to like u.s standards it's probably uh, pretty- US,
1: new york is uh u.s is out of states are is the number the u.s is number one geography you know, economy in the world The dollar
0: yeah, so like the pay was probably in the 20ish thousand USD a year or 40,000 something like that, 20 to 40.
1: Uh yeah, yeah. I think I, I don't remember what the the exact package was. Uh, okay. This was a pre-MBA role and this was uh banker role, so uh
0: yeah, base bonus standard um, So you were there for a long time at Standard Charter.
1: I was there for uh Six years total, five I was working, and one year I took sabbatical.
0: Cool. Yeah, that's a long time. I mean, that's a good run for, you know, basically your second job right out of school, right? So tell me about, like, why you stayed so long, what you liked about it, what you learned. I'd love to hear about that.
1: Wow, I I learned everything about, you know, uh legal documentation, spreadsheets, I learned everything about Excel, I took courses. Well, what what
0: group I guess what group or what were you what groups were you in and, and like what type of work were you doing first? Maybe just to frame it a little bit.
1: The type of work was mostly mostly kind of client uh, service associates managing due diligence from the relationship managers for the mutual fund for fig clients, mutual funds, banks, insurance companies, asset managers those kinds of uh clients so was managing a little bit more on on that front cool um, yeah the, and uh, and then i broke into the corporate finance
0: team inside the bank pure how bank did you bank. do that a lot of people want to do that they want to do the internal transition was that hard to leave your fig group to the corporate finance group the investment banking group
1: yes it was it was tough i mean i i had to uh Prepare myself for some senior meetings. Network, yes, but like monitor, track, progress, follow up, achieve certain points. Business school still in the back of my head, my my mind that I want to continue with business school and 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 transition. I want to to break into business school. I needed to showcase that transition. That transition was very important to me. Um, I. You know, I I I finally got a boss that went to IIMA, which is one of the top business schools. I was surrounded by, you know, the the floor had forty professionals, and out of forty professionals, um, thirty five of them had MBAs. And uh, you know, I, I searched everybody up on LinkedIn. I had the full kind of CV of each one of them. I studied their careers carefully, and, and I realized that that uh, the MBA was an a, was important a lot of them came from very strong undergrads as well from iits or um in
0: india and so you had that against you so you even felt more pressure to get the right experience under your belt i'm sure yeah and so you said you made the transition were you like meeting with people in the investment banking group a lot like in trying to develop that relationship and how did you eventually make the jump like who approved it
1: the approvals uh, uh I kept on networking. With the, first of all, like I made sure that the work was complete, uh, complete by doing monitoring, tracking, you know, getting tasks assigned. And, and before my manager would kind of ask me or follow up with me, I would already follow up with a, a structured approach on how where we are, how this task is going to be completed, what's the deadline, where we are with these clients, where we are with these term facilities. Structured facilities, where we are with all these with all this work, and um, uh, that kind of uh, gave me good. Uh, my operations managers, my line managers were okay, and then the managing directors um, also also liked me because I, I, I was always first in office, early in the morning, and uh, I was um, I, I stayed late, and then I went study for the GMAT. So I was very structured.
0: You're working hard working hard. <laughs> so tell me, um, it sounds like near the end of that time, you took a year to either do a startup or do kind of a sabbatical, but you stayed busy. And then when did you end up applying to schools and what schools did you apply to? where did you get in? I think you had mentioned before on a call with me that you had a stint with with uh, INSEAD, but then you ended up eventually at IE. Can you tell me about what happened there? Are you willing to share that or no?
1: Yes. So uh, the sabbatical I took I took a sabbatical in my fifth year because I, I already, I finally got my GMAT cleared through. That was a important part of my journey after getting the GMAT kind of cleared through. I said, Hey, let's go for it. When you uh, say
0: GMAT cleared through, I mean, it's most people, at least I know on the site, they take the GMAT. It's like, usually they'll do like three, four months of studying. It sounds like you were studying for years.
1: Yeah, actually I, 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 Came in and out, in and out. You were like
0: getting ready for it, but then you didn't feel ready or like you weren't scoring high enough in the practice test. Is that what was happening and you were stopping?
1: So the test is is I was scoring very high on the quant side. I had a natural illusion that kind of made me score very well on the quant side of things. I was getting 49s, 48s, 49s, 47s. And then on the verbal side, on my best days, I was getting kind of thirty fives, thirty sixes, yielding a, a total seven hundreds. Yeah. Uh, but that was only on my best days.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you knew you. So you weren't actually taking the official test. You're taking practice tests, or you were doing official tests. and You just kept trying again, and again, and again.
1: I, I kept trying. I mean, like I went through. I, I, I how many like a, did you? How many
0: times did you take it officially?
1: Officially, I took it a couple of times. It's not like I didn't take it. Launch and just clear there took, was a lot of practice tests in between there and stuff
0: In July. in fact i took manhattan gmat had kind of come into to uh, oh i took in, them too i took them too way back in the day 2000 yeah. <laughs> in new york that's funny wow yeah wow before i think they were part of i think kaplan ended up buying them or somebody bought them i can't remember who got it um but okay so you were taking this and finally like after that Time you're like, okay, this is it. I got to get the GMAT done with you. Got it done. And sorry, I interrupted you. You were saying you're on sabbatical and what?
1: Yeah. And then I started up applying for the, for business recommendation letters. I got a couple of recommendation letters. I started making the applications. I worked with an admissions consulting firm as well. Um, they charge by the hour. They do introspection. We do strategy. I worked with an amazing consultant that kind of got me uh, into a few business schools. Uh, I didn't apply to U.S. business schools like Harvard, Stanford, Yale, or any of those, even with the diverse profile I had. Uh, I just, I focused more on European. I wanted a 10-month or a 12-month program for an MBA. And I applied to Hong Kong as well. But uh, I, I, I definitely, I'm, Spain was the best for me because um, the language, the culture... The uh, entrepreneurialism, the duration of the MBA course, the uh, hedge with finance, you know, because I could also, I wanted to be, try entrepreneurship a little bit, mm-hmm. but still remain in finance and master's in, in, in focus on finance. And then, uh,
0: throughout I gotta my- say, I gotta say, I'm just like astounded by like the, it's just such an interesting profile. So like you're, so you're getting it, you go, so you got into INSEAD, right? You got into IE.
1: Yeah. So actually, I I, I got uh, so when I applied for my MBA, I got uh, accepted into IE. I went to IE, and when and as and when I was taking the um, the MBA class, I was performing well academically. It was on an investment competition. Then I applied to INSEAD for a master's in finance program.
0: Oh, and I'm at, oh, master's in finance. Got it. Got it. Got it. So you were doing the MBA and you wanted to stack it with a master's in finance too absolutely yes oh my gosh (laughs) okay so like you love school
1: it's it's not like i'm a collector i just wanted to you know beef up this this formation don't
0: you feel like the MBA, like most of the value in the MBA or a master's program or at least for soft soft master's programs a lot of it's like the network you're building and the the recruiting that happens on campus do you feel do you agree with that or you feel like you're really learning a lot too
1: I was learning a lot. The objection was that you know I still for Spain I don't have uh, I don't have the, the 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 residence. So without the residence it's difficult for me to compete for a job when you have uh French uh Spaniards and uh, British kind of bankers and financial service uh, people in the industry. So it's it's very difficult to get a job uh in in those banks and you start yep. off Different roles and and it it was more attractive for me to hone up on the on the inside and then use that network plus the network from my MBA to to
0: get so you're at IE yes so you're at IE you're kind of going through the schooling and then it's a what a twelve month or a fourteen month Uh, it was uh, ten to twelve months ten to twelve months so you're starting that and are you recruiting right away you start talking were you looking at like consulting still investment banking. Uh, banking,
1: private equity.
0: Uh, tell me about those, yeah, tell me about those interviews. What was it like? Was it hard? Was it unexpected? Were you ready? Were you, was it a disaster? Tell me what happened. <laughs> um,
1: you know, not not getting uh, that much traction. Um, then focus on the the top academic, you know, in the peer set, when doing an MBA, they want the, the, the top percentile of academic performance, like the Baker Scholar of the program.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: so with that, they they kept on going for those profiles, and the objection kept kept kind of being a, a detriment in my profile. So, so I just you know focused more on on valuation, a lot of academic work, time spent in in silence and studying valuation and Damodaran, and you know kind of focused on EV, and reading some books on, on Excel and modeling and quant
0: and mm-hmm. different
1: from the present value to Black Shoals to-
0: So were you like not concerned about, like you were trying for the jobs, but you weren't like panicked about not having a job?
1: Uh, I, I wasn't panicked, uh, I wasn't panicked, but uh, you know, I, I, I definitely the financial, uh, I, I, was entre- I was entrepreneurship and, I, and I, got, I got a small, you know, facility, a debt facility in the European Union for, from a bank. Since I was a banker, I knew how to talk to the banks, so cost of funds was a little bit attractive, and you know I could try my project, and and you know I engaged in, in my own project. It, it wasn't that successful, but mm-hmm. it was, it was it was relatively. So you were doing you were it doing was,
0: a you were doing a startup as well on the side
1: A I I startup as well, yes. And what was this startup? Do you
0: mind just giving a quick twenty MBA, seconds?
1: MBA admissions consultancy.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, Wanted to, wanted to see if I could, you know, uh, manage some MBA clients. So it was a little transitioning from finance. It was not the best education, the, bed, the best experience I had, um, but it was new. It was, so I wanted to try that.
0: Okay. So you learned from that. It didn't go so well. Did you have to pay the bank back or was it forgiven?
1: Uh, have to pay
0: the bank back. Um, yes. Yeah. How much, do you mind sharing how much the loan was for? Uh, 15K. Okay. It's not too bad. It's not like a disaster. It's not like a hundred thousand <laughs> or something. Okay. And so you took that loan mostly to help start start the company up and all that stuff.
1: Yes. incorporate. Correct.
0: Got it. Okay. And then, so that would, that kind of closed down. You did end up taking classes at INSEAD as well, is what you're saying? Yes, I did. Okay, I, I took- you're coming out, you graduate from IE. And again, are you in the position of, you don't have a, have a role um, coming out of graduation, and what's your thought process at this, or you, you had landed your role? Well, I,
1: t- I talked to my dad, and I told him, hey, can you, can you sponsor some of my MBA debt, my MFIN debt, uh, you know, my, for, for INSEAD, can you pay up something? So he said, I'll, I'll help you with something, so we used that, and then I tried to refinance myself with banks and fintechs and so on and so forth, uh, but I couldn't leverage more. And uh, the 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 moratorium for the MBA loan was also gonna kind of come up to its curve, so
0: I was I was pretty leveraged. Yeah, and how bad I, was your how's your MBA debt? How high was it? A hundred k. Pounds. Uh, euros. Euros.
1: Euros. Or US dollars. US dollars.
0: Yeah. US dollars. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, and so what did you do? What are you thinking? Like, oh no, like I'm screwed, or what? How are you approaching this? You just start networking and interviewing like crazy or what, what happened
1: no I still didn't you know I, I, I didn't pick it up so well I I I, I dropped out of school at NCAD and I went back but you, you
0: finished with IE right I finished I
1: completed my MBA yes
0: yeah yeah you finished IE but INSEAD you're like hey I gotta stop I just yes. and why was it just like I gotta find a job or was, what was the thought process there gotta gotta look for some 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 opportunity some income yeah okay and so what was the path? How long did it take?
1: Uh, so uh, I went back to Argentina and uh, I started networking, 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 and uh, sending out emails, sending out emails, sending out emails. And uh, I networked my way to a job uh, in finance, private equity. Uh, I broke in. I was interviewed five rounds for Mercado I was interviewed five rounds for JP Morgan, five rounds for different positions here. And, and uh,
0: it didn't turn out,
1: it didn't? It didn't turn out because you know the, the compensation was not, it was in, in local currency when I had opportunities to work for US clients at, uh, at at
0: different currency rates. So can you tell me about like what the offer was? It was like in, in Buenos Aires, it was in pesos or whatever. Or in, um...
1: Yeah, so, so uh, offers, I I don't have a lot of details on that, but what I can tell you is that I started the assistant assid- Assistant of, uh, and I just prepared an investment presentation, a deck. You know, I started wor- working for $300 a month. Um,
0: and this was at, is that the private equity fund? The private equity fund. So you were like, just give me a chance, whatever, like I'll make it, I'll do a great job. So you started out like helping with decks. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, financial models, investment presentation.
0: Okay. So this is a, can you tell me more about like the private equity fund? What's the model like in terms of like, you know, what the role was like initially and how it's evolved now that you've been there for uh, a little over four years? Yes.
1: So initially when, when, when we just started, we, we were kind of, it was, it was a small team, you know, headcount head is low traditionally in these firms. So uh, kind of, you know, sending out a lot of emails to investors, sending
0: out legal documentation. You're trying promotion. to raise a fund, help raise a fund. Help raise a fund, yes. So you, had, you guys didn't have so it was a new startup fund. You guys didn't have any capital, any AUM. It was in, you're just working for what like the founders or something. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And how long did it take to actually close on your first fund, or was it more family office money and you had money, you're just trying to supplement it?
1: Uh no, I think by by the, the in three months we had closed down on you know three four deals. Uh and oh, okay. We raised a couple million dollars.
0: And so that. So the actual deal sizes were pretty small, though, like sub deal one,
1: size, yeah, it, sub uh sub one million, yeah, sub yeah, one million, one two million, sub sub five,
0: yeah, yeah. And so were these deals that were in mostly Buenos Aires, or were they in the U.S. or Tell me the types of deals you guys are doing.
1: USA and India. Uh, for India, one, one deal that we worked on was ATM. Uh. Um, it's a fintech company. It was. It's the largest IPO, uh, I, I believe, in, in the Indian market uh, when it happened. Uh, for
0: us. Uh, oh, so well, you guys were an advisor. Were you doing banking work, or were you doing actual investment work? Like, were you you weren't putting money to work then? You were serving as an advisor.
1: Advisor. Yes. So I you're doing banking.
0: To... You're kind of doing banking work. It wasn't really private equity. It was investment banking work. Advisory work. Advisory
1: work. So I was doing banking work. I was the banker. Yeah, uh, and and uh, I I was I was doing more more of the banking work. Yeah, banking operations. So when did you
0: guys raise a fund to you know start investing? the in the small or you guys always had that? You're doing both. You're doing some buy some some work where you're actually investing out of a fund, and then you had work, advisory work as well.
1: Uh, yeah, so I, I started off as, as assistant, and then after assistant, I I grew up like you know I started hiring people. a Manager became manager. Continue my work, honed in on banking, honed in on uh, operations, and honed in on uh, uh, private equity. The more financial and investment in market credit markets, uh, stock markets, and uh, fixed income, oh, and any markets, that's taken care of by the team in the U.S.
0: Okay, so what are you doing day to day? Like, what are you evaluating? What are you managing? What are you operating now for the team? So we're managing a team of ten plus people.
1: Um, uh, working on the banking, which in- entails the treasury as well as the accounting for the company. Um, and uh a so like uh, almost like a
0: CFO type role. Would
1: you CFO say? type role. I would say CFO type role is accurate.
0: Okay, so it's like uh the support function for the private equity fund that's running out of the U.S. They have you and a, and a team of ten down in Buenos Aires helping with like more like the accounting of the fund, that type of stuff? Yes, correct. Okay. So you guys aren't actually like the ones looking at deals or do you help with deal sourcing and deal evaluation as well? No, deal sourcing
1: and uh, looking at deals and deal evaluation, uh, I don't take care of. Uh, Okay.
0: Okay, so that's up in the U.S. mostly or do they have a separate team for that? It's in the USA. Cool, cool. Okay. So tell me about the, do you like the role or are you learning or do you feel like uh, there's room for growth for you? uh i believe
1: there's uh i i'm learning on, every day uh i've held up for the last 4 years at my desk um i like markets i like learning more about markets and deals and evaluation and you know understanding the us markets uh every day
0: yeah
1: and uh i like uh i enjoy enjoy my role i, I want to become a strong cfo manage liquidity mismatches working capital be smart at these mathematical equations To see how capital can compound for uh, our investors.
0: That's awesome. Well, listen, I really appreciate your time. Any any kind of final last words of wisdom, kind of looking back at your uh, winding path. We got from you eventually made it back to back home Buenos Aires, but you're Argentina, US, UK, Madrid, India, Spain. Sorry, I already said Spain, India, Spain, back to Buenos Aires. Um, So it's it's a very cool path, very interesting. Um, Any Any kind of final words of wisdom looking back at that?
1: Uh, No, no, no words of wisdom. I think uh, I I really respect Wall Street Oasis. It's it's really one of a nice forum. So I appreciate, I appreciate your work. I like your work.
0: Appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with the listeners and uh, let's stay in touch. Let's stay in touch. Thank you. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.